God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. So we had a busy weekend of uh, news, <laughs> things happening around the world. And, um, you know, I posted a lot of stuff in my Twitter feed and on my Facebook. And I want to share some things with you because it's going to queue up today's show. Also, uh, we want to um, listen to uh, Congressman Gall- uh, Gallagher talk about uh, the origins of COVID. But these mandates and the, and what's happening to the truckers and things that happened after our show on Friday, uh, it's just unprecedented. It's, it's unprecedented. So GoFundMe over the uh, weekend, really made several adjustments to their response to the truckers. First, the truckers had $9 million in donations sent to their GoFundMe page. And you wonder, we got to look into this GoFundMe situation, right? So Maria Bertaroma, you know, was talking to, I think it was Ted Cruz regarding this. We got to look into the foundations of what these Silicon Valley Big tech companies that are making uh, millions off of people uh, in so, yeah, with their cyber businesses. But GoFundMe is one of these businesses where you could generate $9 million in donors. And if they don't like your politics, if they don't like your politics, they'll pull the carpet out from underneath you. And their first response was, we're going to go ahead and Take these $9 million in donations and give them to charities we see, we think are legitimate. Which is theft by deception. Theft by deception is a very common, you know, uh, I was a victim. uh, I had an employee steal from me, right? Through credit card processes and all kinds of fancy stuff. Uh, And they got hit with wire transfers and theft by deception. I remember seeing that in the court 
documents. Theft by deception. Theft by deception. So definitely that fits the mold. I don't know what's happened to our justice system, but it seems like if you're liberal, you get away with murder. And if you're conservative, you get murder. You know, you get murdered in courts. And so we have this, you know, lady justice that's taken the blindfold off and became a political hack. But GoFundMe took $9 million from the truckers. Just took it away from them. What does that do for your brand? I remember a day when that would be a death sentence for a company like GoFundMe. But now, no, it's, uh, they cheer. They cheer, it, they cheer it on. And that's just the, uh, the weird thing of it all, is the Democrats are cheering nonsense. They're rewarding nonsense. And they're walking around maskless when they turn, when, while they're telling everybody to have their masks on. And it, what Tammy Bruce said over the weekend was, it's not about your health, it's about control. And that's, they're showing it to you. They're brazenly showing it to you. They're showing you that there's two standards. There's the aristocrat elites in government that controls you. And they're, they're already, it's almost like they're dancing in the end zone. But then they didn't see the referee with the yellow flag or where the call is going to get called back. Have you ever seen that before where, Someone wins the event and they're prematurely pounding their chest, acting as if they won, only to find out that, nope, you didn't win. This, this game goes to overtime and you lose in overtime. I remember college football games like that where the band came out in the end zone and was marching. Next thing you know, they had some uh, hook and ladder, flea flicker kind of play that just ran into the end zone. And next thing you know, they're like, well, how about that half-court jumper shot? Where just be just when you think you've gotten the game won in basketball, next thing you know, a half-court shot, swish, three points, and the outcome changes. We're dealing with something like that. Where someone like Stacey Abrams can sit sit around with a whole bunch of your children and speak nonsense because she's such a moron, such a cheat, such a lying, deceptive, aristocratic wannabe. And she's running for governor in the state of Georgia against a guy that we don't even like, Kemp, right now. I, I hope that he gets primaried out. No way, if she was running for senator, would she ever beat a guy like Herschel Walker. Herschel Walker's a, a stand-up guy. But these, these GoFundMe, I mean, they're just so brazen about it. <clears throat> they have nothing to hide. The Ottawa police praised them in a tweet. The Ottawa police did. I could not believe my eyes. When I read this tweet, I said, you know what my response was to it? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I could not believe my eyes. 
I just couldn't believe it. When the Ottawa police, then I come to find out that no, Justice Trudeau, Justice Trudeau basically asked GoFundMe to do it. So the government is working with big tech, like Jen Psaki asked big tech to censor more. Right? You need to censor more. We need more censorship. So Ottawa Police writes, we want to thank GoFundMe for listening to our concerns as a city and a police service. The decision to withhold funding for these unlawful demonstrations is an important step and we call on all crowdfunding sites to follow suit. Jensaki said, <clears throat> we need all the big tech to censor more. Unbelievable. I, I can't believe my ears and eyes. I remember when Beijing got the Olympics in, I think it was 2000, 2008, I believe. Because 2012 was in London. 2016 was in Rio. 2020 was in Tokyo. And it was the Summer Olympics and it was in Beijing in 2008. And they weren't going to get the Olympics. I remember this. They were not going to get those Olympics. 2004 was in Greece, by the way, if you're wondering. Um, and 96 was Atlanta, remember? I forget where. Uh, 2000 must have been Sydney. Yeah. 2000 was Sydney. I'm just uh, thinking out loud now, aren't I? But uh, 2008 was Beijing. And I remember they were not going to get those Olympics if they were going to censor. That's 2008. Now you have to download an app and have them track your every move. They're censoring live media shots. I tried to play one on Friday. Do you recall Leonor was on the show? And we opened the show with a audio clip that kept on going. It was kind of a disaster for the opening of our show on Friday. But it was okay. It was live, not Memorex. And, yeah, they're doing that. And they did, the IOC didn't make any concessions. That's the problem. The IOC is a bunch of globalists. I remember when they, um, my beloved sport wrestling, right? The first, the original Greek sport, running and wrestling. And they're supposed to, they say about Olympics, they say, it's got to be a sport where, it's got to be a sport where you, you uh, it's easy access. It's represented by a more, you know, a, many countries. And there, there shouldn't be a barrier to entry. But the guy who was running the IOC at the time, was uh, his family was uh, big up in the modern pentathlon, where you needed a horse, a million-dollar horse, you needed an ocean, and you needed a sword. I, I don't know too many people in the Middle East you know, or elsewhere that have all those things. But... It was an elitist sport. And somehow they kept modern pentathlon in, but they were going to cut wrestling. And of course, we in the wrestling community understood what was going on, and a lot of palms were greased in Brussels. And what ended up happening is wrestling survived. 
Because in 2012, they said, well, 2016 will be the last of it. And then we got a reprieve, and we got to go to past 2012 and 2016, and then we're back. We're back in. Never mind the fact that wrestling includes women. They have women's wrestling, and not only that, but it's representative. They're medal winners from more countries in wrestling than just about any other sport. So you compare it with other sports. It's the epitome of what Olympic sport should be all about. You know, Mike Pompeo was on Maria over the weekend. And, you know, he said he probably would not have put our athletes in this kind of harm's way because now what's happening is there are people that are disappearing. And uh, there's that. And then there's the tracking. There's the DNA. He made some really good points in this interview with Maria. And he said that uh, DNA, you know, they're they're sampling your DNA. They're getting your DNA. They, they might even fingerprint you. But they're certainly getting your DNA. They're tracking your phones. So they're told they have to get these burner phones. You know, don't give them your real identity. Don't let them get a piece of you. Get a burner phone. While you're there. But why put these athletes in that? You know, if there was ever a time when you would consider boycotting the Olympics, it would probably be this Olympics because this is the most real attack on human rights and civil rights that I have ever seen. Ever. We used to talk about Russia and we used to talk about, you know, but Russia knew that there was a line back then in the 70s and you know, but you did have Munich in 72, remember, where they took the hostages and it was dangerous. So, you know, the Olympics, you want to keep people safe. But, you know, what Jimmy Carter did, I think it was the boycotting the 80 Olympics. No, no, not 80. I think 1980 was the Olympic hockey team. That was Winter Olympics. So I'm not sure. 76 was in Montreal, by the way. But we, we um, you know, I know these athletes work so hard for one chance to, work, to compete in the Olympics. But the Olympics, they're not the same as they used to be. Now we are in the Winter Olympics. Nobody's even watching the Winter Olympics right now. There are no stars. There are no crowds. There are no fans. There's nothing good about it. It's not entertainment. It's politics. The globalists, communists, Marxists, and liberals, they mess up everything. You want cheerleading? You want the girls to cheer for the boys and so on and so forth? Forget about it. Now you're going to have a transgender cheerleader in the end zone, prancing around looking like a freakazoid. I just don't get it. Whatever, what has happened to our country? You know, what, do you, what next? You're going to go to a, re- a fancy restaurant and the maitre d' is going to be some gorilla-like man dressed up as a woman? And somehow the, 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 the restaurant company decides that's attractive? I mean, whatever happened to the old days? You have these um, Muslims uh, in the MMA. Uh, Khabib, the, big, the biggest and the baddest, right? <clears throat> in MMA, and he was uh, up against the ring card girls. You know, and at some point you need some semblance of what it is to entertain. 
We have cultures and we have traditions and we have history. And to, to make these things change overnight, it's almost like we don't even know who we are anymore. And that's the point. Just like we talked about equity and equality and the, you know, the, 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 mis, the misdirection and misinformation about all that. We're also talking about open borders and how we lose our identity. London stand, for example, with Mayor Amir Khan opening the borders and allowing all these radical Islamic jihadis into London. It's no longer about going to the pub. Now you got a majority saying it's not good to drink. It's not good to go to the pub. It's like, what country are you in, dude? You're in London town. So you're losing your identity. And when you lose that, then who are you defending? Even the Brits would be like, all right, I remember when Winston Churchill rallied the troops and you were defending Mother Mother England, right? Against the big bad German commies. And that made sense. But now what are you defending for? Half your neighbors, more than half your neighbors are not even from here. They're from Syria and Afghanistan. They don't even know who Winston Churchill is. They don't have they don't drink beer. They don't know what a pub is. They don't know who Benny I've said this before. They don't know who Benny Hill is and Monty Python and British humor. Forget about it. They don't have any idea. So now the guy that has a history of living in England, no longer, it's now questioning, what am I actually defending? It used to be that I was defending the neighbors that I loved and grew up with and understood and who loved our country. Now there's just a bunch of people that support open borders and bigger government, socialism, Marxism, and globalism, and this melting pot of BS What are you actually now defending? And the same thing is true about America. When you have the police, like the Ottawa police, which is in Canada, but I mean, the Ottawa police thanking GoFundMe. What am I defending? If I'm defending Canada, what am I defending now? The Ottawa police is supporting censorship. The president's White House, Jen Psaki, is supporting censorship. What, what is left to defend if it's not civil liberties, freedom and justice and equality? Equality, not equity. It says equal justice under the law in the Supreme Court. It doesn't say equitable justice under the Supreme, uh, uh, under law, equitable justice under law. It's not a quota-based system, yet that's what they want to do. They want to pick only black women as candidates. And again, I was right on the money on that because sure enough, Ted Cruz said this with Maria Bartiromo over the weekend. He said, what they're going to try to do is get a more progressive judge. And they're using skin color and the whole issue of race to do it. I said this last week and I said it the week before on the Scott Adams show. I said, what this is, is a trick. And the trick is that if they were to get a black woman and say, we really think it's important that we get a black woman on the the bench, 
on the Supreme Court bench to replace Justice Breyer. If we're going to do that, we think it's really important. Now they're going to get some radical left-wing zombie progressive that doesn't even understand that crossing our border illegally is a crime and so and religious freedoms don't exist anymore and doesn't acknowledge our bill of rights and our constitutional rights as citizens that power belongs to the government not the people once they get down that road and he pointed out Ted Cruz did so many of our important decisions were split 5-4 on the Supreme Court. But to get a radical like that for many years to come, simply because they're black and they're a woman. But see, the problem is you're going to have spineless swine on the right, like Lindsey Graham, who are going to sell out. They're going to sell out. They're going to be afraid to be called a racist. So what they're going to do is they're going to allow a further left. And they got a calculator out there. They got a calculator that's going to figure out how far to the left they can go and milk the equity that they're going to get from the notion that they're getting a black woman. How many credit points does that get you? How many ticks to the left can you slide that bar and still get that person on the bench because you've used this weapon, this, this racial weapon? I would be fearless about it. I would say I, I, I would close my eyes and I would not acknowledge their color or their gender. And I would evaluate their content of their character like Martin Luther King would, I would do exactly what Martin Luther King preached in his I Have a Dream speech. And I would do that, and what you would end up with is a radical left-wing zombie communist that should have no business defending our Constitution, interpreting our Constitution. Right? Right. So the Ottawa police, though, you know, we want to thank GoFundMe, thank censorship. And again, I've said this about the vaccine passports all the time. I said the vaccine passports are no different than the Jim Crow laws. What were the Jim Crow laws? They were segregational laws. They weren't even laws. They were segregational guidelines written by who? Who wrote the Jim Crow laws? They were all about segregating blacks from whites. Who? Well, if you look it up in Wikipedia, just Wikipedia Jim Crow laws, which is Wikipedia is radically left wing too, but it says written by local uh, state and local Democrat officials. And so Jim Crow laws were written by state and local, uh, and there were guidelines that would not have passed through the Supreme Court if the Supreme Court justices had any clue as to what the Constitution was about. 
So what ended up happening is they they uh, got their corporate sponsorships and corporate partners and corporate cronies to adhere to the guidelines because a lot of these people down there were racist. And then there was pressure and peer pressure. And there was perks and promises made and kickbacks and palms being greased with money. But nevertheless, that's where that, you know, when you look at that movie Green Book, it was all this segregation. And what was being done there was the uh, corporations were doing the dirty work of the politicians. And the corporations were basically not bound by the Constitution in the way the government is. And so vaccine passports is another way to segregate society. And so we're segregated between the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And the vaccinated, you know, we talked about this two years ago almost, back in the beginning. I said, what you're going to start to see is the unvaccinated people are going to be stuck in the end zone at a game. This will be the unvaxxed section. This will be the vax section. And all the vax people will get the 50-yard line and at the football game, and the unvaxxed will get the end zone, the crummy seats. And they'll segregate society like that. You sit in the back of the bus. Wasn't that long ago. It was about a couple of years ago that you had um, Black Lives Matter saying things like this. You don't believe me. You know, this is Black Lives Matter right here at a Democrat national convention. Let's see if we could take a listen. The back, this is a, I need all white people to move to the back. This is a black and brown resistance march. If you are for this march and you are here in support, you will appropriately take your place in the back of this march. <laughs> Sounds pretty stupid, doesn't it? That's, that's the Black Lives Matter leader right there. Well, they got millions of dollars. They misappropriated the funds. They don't even track the funds. They bought houses and fancy cars and all kinds of stuff. They fleeced America uh, to no end. They villainized the police. They uh, separated the conservative blacks from the conservative. Uh, I mean, uh, they, cons- they, they divided the conservative blacks from the liberal blacks within their own race. Black Lives Matter didn't matter to them. It was about power and control. The same thing they did with climate change in regulating and controlling and moving populations around and doing all kinds of things that globalists do. And they're doing the same thing with COVID. And they're rigging elections and they're controlling people. Uh, and we know it's not about your health. You know, any, anyone that's going to shoot you in the face with a rubber bullet because you're not vaccinated or you don't, you're against vaccinations or they want to put duct tape around your face so you can't speak anymore and they want to silence you like the Ottawa police want to do to the truckers, like GoFundMe 
where they just completely robbed go the, the truckers of nine million dollars. Now GoFundMe has to re they revisited their initial strategy of giving the nine million to charities they saw as legitimate, sort of like the um, fact checkers, right? <clears throat> Only the fact checkers are the liberals themselves fact checking the conservatives. It's insane. And so to have this kind of indoctrination and this kind of censorship is no different than China. So we were talking about the Chinese, you know, Chinese in human rights violations, civil liberties violations. It's the same thing that's going on here in America. So want to read a couple of these tweets and catch up from some of the good stuff we posted over the weekend says, uh, has anyone actually ever proven Dr. Robert Malone wrong? Talking about the censorship of Joe Rogan. Well, oh, good news. Spotify. So Scott Adams show, if you search Scott Adams show on Spotify, you'll find the show. All of our episodes are up on Spotify now. We told you that we would get up on Spotify this week, and if and and we we made a decision to do that only if they would treat Joe Rogan correctly, and they did. They Joe Rogan. They're going to keep Joe Rogan, and since they decided to um, side with Joe Rogan and his speech. <clears throat> In in the wake of you know, people like uh, uh, you know all these different artists, Neil Young and so on and so forth. You know, pulling the plug, Joni Mitchell, and they were ba- they were buckling to the pressure. And uh, and then with the GoFundMe and with Jen Saki calling for people to censor more, Joe Rogan was only being attacked because of two things. The two things were he was being attacked because of uh, his interviews with Dr. Malone and one other doctor. And that's it. And these doctors are proven right now. So many of the, the Johns Hopkins University has already decided that many of the things that we've been doing don't work. Masks have a 2% efficacy rating, but they, they cause more harm than good. So the, the, there's not enough benefit. If, you're, if you benefit 2%, well, look at all the other things, the learning disabilities and the, the things that are, uh, the way it's hurting our children. The bacteria that goes in your mouth, the control, the fact that we can't even see each other smile we're, we're not talking to each other. You know, the way it's divided people, the way it's become politicized. And again, it became politicized because of the cover-up, because of the hiding, because of the deception. You know, we're going to listen to a clip from uh, Congressman Gallagher today uh, who was on Maria, and he basically, this weekend, he talked about what Jim Jordan's been talking about. The corruption and the origin of COVID. We're going to listen to that too. But before we do, 
we're going to uh, get through a little bit of the social media aspect because a lot of the stuff I talk about, I don't get my news from CNN or MSNBC and not even Fox News or Newsmax, who fired em- Emerald Robinson, a great patriot, uh, because she had a, a truthful view of COVID that wasn't ripe, ready for prime time. So even Newsmax is guilty of these things, and I'm very disappointed with them. So I wrote, this may be the biggest despair. Oh, well, this was about the numbers. Okay, so the job numbers came out on Thursday, Friday. And they had this big number, 467,000 new jobs. Okay? So they're talking about Joe Biden's big new job boost. Well, unemployment went up to 4% because more people got into back into the system. Uh, because the, the unemployment was low because no, no one was in the system anymore. And labor participation and all these other numbers would indicate that they were nowhere near Trump's October 2019 numbers. They were more akin to June 2020 numbers when the world shut down. But I said, this may be the biggest disparity between actual payroll data from ADP and Biden's Bureau of Labor Statistics numbers in the history of jobs in an election year. Obama was a cheat, and so is quid pro quo, quid pro Joe. Nevertheless, ADP showed minus a negative 300,000 jobs, what we actually see and feel. But the Bureau of Labor Statistics they saw a job spike of 467,000 jobs. So how do you square that with about 800,000 disparity? How do you get that? It doesn't make any sense. The actual payroll went down 300,000, but Bureau of Labor Statistics is saying there's 467,000 new jobs created. Well, guess what? Just because you get your old job back doesn't mean that's a creation of a new job. That's just people getting back to work because people have had it. And the truckers are in Ottawa are helping this process of people getting back to work. The state of Iowa, for example, the governor of Iowa said they're removing all restrictions. All the uh, Nordic countries, Finland and and, uh, Sweden and Denmark, all of them are abandoning these mandates and restrictions. And it's going to impact travel, and it's going to impact business. It's going to impact all kinds of things. If we could just get our pipelines back online, we would even see the price, supply chains improve and prices improve and more money in our pockets and inflation go down. But none of that seems to be happening because Joe Biden is such a moron. But uh, here's another tweet. A young child being made to wear a mask doesn't know any better. They do what they're told, but they're learning to comply without question. But make no mistake about it. Today's children are being groomed to be the next generation of unconditionally obedient citizens. I am seeing that, folks. I am definitely seeing that. And it scares me. I see, I see it in ways that I pay attention to everything. It's just the way I'm built. I pay attention to every little detail.
I'm I'm like uh, I have like OCD about it. Like I, I don't know what it is. It's a little rain manish. But um, one thing I noticed when I came to D.C., for example, from Philly and from New York, is in Philly, it's it's a gritty street, you know, grittier streets. I noticed that several things. The one thing about D.C. is there's no skyline. The skyline is there's no city skyline. So there's no shade. There's no reprieve from the heat. There's no reprieve from the cold. There's no shelter. It's just wide open space. And the Earth's surface is either really hot or really cold. And so the buildings, you know, in the bigger cities help with that. Because half the day there's always shade. That's number one. But the main thing I noticed about people's behavior here in D.C., and I noticed it probably the first day I was here, Everybody just waited for the light to change. The crosswalks and the lights, they would wait until the very last, like, two, one, zero. And then they would walk. And I'm like, what? You're not going to get a head start on that street? You're not going to jaywalk a little bit? And everybody was conformed. They were conforming to the rules. And I thought, wow, this is pretty interesting. Everybody's by the rules, by the book. They didn't cut any corners. People would walk all the way to the corner. They wouldn't cross the street midway. They would go all the way to the corner and cross the street. I guess that's right. I'm not going to argue with what's right. That's right. Jaywalking's probably not the smartest thing to do, but that's the way we did it. And that's the way they did it in the old days, too. It's like, there's no cars coming. Just cross the street. And no one's going to give you a ticket for jaywalking. But when the police start doing that, it puts you in a box and it makes you obedient. And I feel like that's what's been going on in our world is, is these restrictions and this unrelentlessness. You walk onto a plane and your mask, like you have, you have uh, you know, a nostril showing and all of a sudden you're like breaking all kinds of rules. They're like Johnny Gestapo right there. It's crazy. The amount of pressure on people today over this stupid, stupid thing called a mask. And I'm so happy to see that everybody around is lifting these restrictions. But what it's doing to young children, I'm going to read this tweet again. A young child being made to wear a mask doesn't know any better. They do what they are told, but they're learning to comply without question. But make no mistake about it, today's children are being groomed to be the next generation of unconditionally obedient citizens. Victor Davis Hanson talked about the, this new generation, the generation that's going to college today. I don't know what they call that generation. Generation I? I don't know. But these, these young 20-year-olds, uh, they're, they're, they're very obedient and... Uh, and they're not very innovative and they're not very productive. Um, it's not a great generation. What he said, Victor Davis Hanson, is he said, this is the least impressive uh, generation that we've seen in a long time. 
And I think it's a result of Common Core, and I think it's a result of all this liberal liberal uh, agenda that you're starting to get people to be more like zombies. And they just believe things at face value. They're not peeling the onion. They're not doing the research. And they're just regurgitating and consuming. One good piece of news is Zucker from uh, CNN is gone. So we'll see what happens to CNN. I called that a long time ago, too. I said, I've heard from some sources that CNN is moving to the center. And MSNBC is going to stay left. CNN is going to move a little further to the center with their new leadership. And it remains to be seen. And Fox has moved to the center. And so it's kind of interesting because Fox's numbers among Democrats is going up. And they're actually outpacing MSNBC and CNN too with the Democrat voters. That's to tell you everything you want to know about Fox. They look, they're following the money too, I guess. But to this end, Governor Kim Reynolds from Iowa said, today I'm announcing the end of the public health disaster proclamation, effective 11.59 p.m. on February 15th. The flu and other infectious illnesses are part of our everyday lives, and coronavirus can be managed similarly. State agencies will now manage COVID-19 as part of a normal daily business and relocate resources that have been solely dedicated to the response effort to serve other important needs for Iowans. Well, I think that there goes the funding for those incentives for those hospitals to declare you dead of COVID. The Bradford file writes, there is more media outrage about truckers honking their horns than Black Lives Matter rioters burning down buildings. Is that true? That's true as true could be. And then there's this this kid in Washougal High School in in Oregon who basically said they're going to march on the school without their masks. Let's take a listen. It was great. Everybody shut up! (laughs) He's a kid. This is not an excuse for any of you freshmen and sophomores to disrespect your teachers. If I hear of anybody disrespecting teachers or staff tomorrow... That makes us look bad. We want this to be a peaceful, respectful movement. We are just trying to gain back our rights as citizens. We do not care about the teachers in the end are just doing their jobs. It doesn't come from them. It comes from the state. Now, what we're hoping is that they kick us out. This sounds bad, but we're hoping that they kick us out because they have to report that tendence to the state. And if the state sees a day where 100 or I don't even know how many kids are here are absent, they're going to start asking questions. Our hope is, is we can get this statewide. Now, I might get in trouble for this, but the plan still stands for Wednesday. For tomorrow, I mean. Everybody is going to meet at the back row of the senior parking lot, and we're all walking into the school with no mask on. You can get me in trouble. They can suspend me. I don't care. We're done with this. And obviously all of you are too. Shut up. Shut up. Obviously all you are are done with the mask too. Now again, 
We're doing this peacefully and respectfully. If a, st if a staff member asks you to put a mask on, you say no thank you and keep walking. And if they kick you out, then go home. And if people need, ri need rides home, then some of the seniors, I'm sure we can start giving people rides home. That's about it. That's beautiful, isn't it? I love it. Now that is a young man that's going to be a great leader one day. Uh, I have to tell you that I was very impressed when I saw that young student, uh, probably a senior. Stephen Miller writes, Biden has not created... By the way, Stephen Miller is one of the great ones that supports and, and surrounds Trump. Steve Cortez and Steve Bannon who supports J.D. Vance, for example, a Trump-hating fool that's running for Senate seat in Ohio, and also Marjorie Taylor Greene, who sold out and, uh, again, supports J.D. Vance, who basically voted for, Mc, uh, for McMullen and tried to, uh, and said all kinds of nasty things about Trump, hates Trump with a passion, J.D. Vance is running for the Senate seat in Ohio. Anybody that primaries him in is a fool. <clears throat> and uh, I know the guy. I've been to several uh, events where he's been. And he's just a, a swamp creature in Washington elite on the right side. But Steve Miller is a good guy. And he wrote this. And he's a great Trump patriot. And he wrote, Biden has not created one job. He killed millions of jobs. His mandates and regulations blocked the return of jobs eliminated by Democrat lockdowns <clears throat> and closures and prevented the creation of new ones. Praising Biden on jobs is like praising a thief after tracking down a tiny fraction of what he stole. I love that. This woman named Mar Marta Lyle, you would like... To think you would <clears throat> you would think Joe Rogan was drowning puppies and kittens. It's a podcast. You don't want to listen. You know what to do. And then there is um, this uh, two minute clip. Uh, we're gonna. We're, I think we have time. Um, and I'm hoping there is not a curse word in here. Um, there. I'm hoping there isn't. Uh, I don't think there is. I listened to this once. Um, it's a. Uh, uh, Bill Maher. Time to do what a growing list of countries have done and announced we're going back to something more like normal, beginning with recognizing that what we're doing to kids is unnecessary and horrible, and I don't even like kids. <laughs> but making kids who have a COVID survivability rate of 99.98% mask up like bandits... Unfortunately, the thing that's getting stolen is their education, their sanity, and their social skills. A study this week from a professor at Johns Hopkins concluded that the lockdowns we all suffered through had little impact in reducing COVID deaths. Okay, that's kind of a big one to get wrong. <laughs> Last July, President Biden said, you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Well, I already knew that was wrong then, and now we all do. The former director of the CDC, Robert Redfield, believes COVID originated in a lab. And now our intelligence agencies agree it might have. But for months on social media, it was banned to even discuss it. 
Look, I'm not saying the medical establishment isn't trying to figure shit out or that they're corrupt, although there is some of that. (laughs) But... But how about just wrong? Wrong a lot. Wrong about HIV, wrong about lockdowns, wrong about kids, wrong about how you couldn't get it if you were vaccinated. Remember washing our packages? And there's never been any research showing that outdoor transmission is likely or common, yet L.A. County says we're still supposed to mask up for big outdoor events, like we'll be at the Super Bowl. Well... Supposed to. It's all theater. Watching athletes mix it up on the court and then mask on the sideline. Not being able to touch a menu, but watching them touch my food. (laughs) Maskless at dinner while sitting but not standing. And by the way, if Applebee's really cared about our health, they would... And he goes in, they would mask the food after the... uh... I'm just asking, how much wrong do you get to be while still holding the default setting for people who represent the science? That's a very liberal Bill Maher. And we're going to add on to that by listening to uh, Congressman Gallagher real quick. Well, huge credit to Jim Jordan and James Comer and their committee's work for forcing this. The Democrats have obstructed our investigation at every step along the way. What we now know is that on January 27th, Dr. Fauci was affirmatively told that his organization, NIAID, was funneling money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology through the EcoHealth Alliance. This then started a critical five-day period where a group of scientists went to Fauci and to Dr. Collins and told them that the virus looked like it was genetically modified and that some of them were 60-40, 70-30 in favor of the lab leak hypothesis as opposed to the natural origin hypothesis. Fauci then convenes a call with Collins and all these scientists and then 48 hours later, all of these scientists, which had just flagged concerns about this virus not being of natural origin, then went and completely changed their tune. And they spent the next few months throwing cold water on the lab leak hypothesis. So, Maria, the multi-trillion dollar question is, what changed in 48 hours? The genetic sequence of the virus didn't change. What did Fauci and Collins tell them? We know, based on notes, based on these calls, Collins in particular warned them not to write about the origin of the virus for fear that it would fuel conspiracy theories. And of course, all of us drawing attention to the lab were called conspiracy theorists. Worse, we were called racist. It was racist against Asians to suggest this came from a lab in Wuhan. Yeah, this program as well. We had Tom Cotton on the show in March of 2020. He said there's absolutely no way this was natural. It came from the lab. But you identified scientists who actually accepted money from China. So were they covering up after that phone call and, and Fauci and Colin saying, you know, what are we going to do to, to stomp out this idea that it came from the lab? Who are the scientists that went along with it, changed their tunes while accepting grant money? Well, so, for example, one, Dr. Gary, in these emails, he says he goes in detail through the sequence of the virus and he concludes, I just don't understand how this gets accomplished in nature. 
i.e. it was genetically modified, not of natural or zoonotic origin. And then he goes out and calls the lab leak hypothesis something out of a comic book. And later okay. he gets an $8.9 million grant from Fauci's wow. organization. Could be a coincidence, okay, but hold I don't think so. Hold that. So there it is, right? It's quid pro quo Washingtonian politics, right? Uh, you know, it's crazy. Uh, the Bradford, Dan, Dan Scavino Jr., another great Trump patriot, never bowed to the woke mob. The Bradford file writes, the U.S. Army is dismissing soldiers who refuse a vaccine that does not stop the spread of the virus. We live in the dumbest of times. So this woman from Ottawa, she writes this. She says, as an Ottawa resident, it's so bizarre watching this thing unfold. Local news, city council are all end of days chaos and call in the army. But my mom's groups on Facebook are baking muffins, making sandwiches, sharing videos of sing, singing protesters and doing truck uh, trucker crafts. Right. So, you know, you have that uh, situation there. You, you have that response that, you know, one's not worried and one is worried. Right. But I tweeted this out. I said, there's a world war war going on between globalist totalitarianism and nationalist populism, where human and civil rights, personal freedoms, particularly with speech, religion, movement and fairness are at stake. The fact that the same thing happens in other countries speaks volumes. And so, you know, it's happening all over the world. You know, when we start to, when you, you start to see this, like the COVID response was exactly the same, controlled by the World Health Organization. And the, and the regula, regulatory um, impact of climate change was impacted by the World Economic Fund and so on and so forth. These globalist institutions that we pay are funneling money to other interest groups like Christian uh, Catholic charities, for example, um, you know, and then they funnel money elsewhere. It's, it's this thing that's happening where when you see things happening in Ottawa that are exactly happening here and exactly happening in France, you know, it's not organic anymore. It's, it's, uh, it's part of a world global effort and a strategy. And they did it with climate change. They're doing it with COVID. And they've done it with so many other things. It's a strategic orchestrated attack on people. And we need to fight back and realize that we're in a war for, to, to, for our lives. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper. I grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.